Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Eli Cooper, and I'm joined once again by the great Mike White. Or, or, Mike White. White Mike. Oh, White Mike. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, baby? Not much, man. Uh, congrats on your uh, debut with the Jets this weekend. Yes. Well, Very, well. Yeah, Love lots of uh, Michael Carter touches, so appreciate that. He, uh, yeah, desperation start this week. I tried to trade to you in another league. You didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that. Oh, and I beat you in fantasy this week. I beat you, you in fantasy. Did, this week. Yes, you did. Right. Yeah, pretty that's badly. Right. Now, in Rush fairness, it was Waller was a late scratch, and yeah. Dalvin Cook was already on by. So, you know, and, and my receiver position, Allen Robinson, has been one of the worst receivers in fantasy. Yeah. So I, my best receiver is Cortland Sutton, who is okay against the yeah, Browns. Yeah. But, uh, Not yeah, best it, yeah, it, yeah, was, it was bad. I didn't have a great week either. I just, you know, yeah, it's just, my team is that bad. It was, yeah. That's exactly 70, right. 79 points guys. in that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in eight leagues. Guess how many I have a winning record in. Um, are you going to destroy all of our credibility? <laughs> 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 uh two or three um hopefully right at least one okay all right well you one. know injury, it's been a bad injury year it has i but i really haven't been killed by injuries like there's just yeah. guys not performing and some really unlucky weeks like our in our mikey and friends league that's the you're you know the, the league that you started i'm five and two that's the one league my team's really good oh yeah league. you have a nice that's the only league i'm bad in actually yeah, and then Dynasty, I'm now 2-5. and five. I lost my first five games. Three losses by under three points. I had one loss by three, one by two and a half, and one by .8 in Same. that league. So I really could just as easily be 5-2 and two as in that league as I am 2-5. and five. But it's just been such an unlucky fantasy year for me. It's Did I ever run months. by you the fantasy format that uh, Taylor uses in a different league? We're on a sidebar right now. We are going to have an episode about stuff. But so they, so what they do so what they do in that league is, uh, you have basically two matchups every week. You play your opponent, and then you also play the average score. Hmm. So if you see, say, if you lose to your opponent, but you had a good week, you beat the average score, so you go one and one for that week. Right. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So and then if you have a bad week, where yeah, you lose to your right. opponent and the average score, you're getting right. two losses. Your week this week would have been zero and two. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that's an interesting yeah. interesting format. Um, first I've ever heard of that, to be honest, but I like it. I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, we do have actual stuff to talk to you guys about yes. today, not just our fantasy roster. I just wanted you guys to feel a little bit of my pain. Uh, before we get into our jam-packed show featuring some World Series talk, which Mike's Baseball. been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into some NFL talk and some NBA overreaction. We're hitting the trifecta today. We're talking all three sports. Uh, but before we get into that, if you are listening or watching, whatever platform you're on, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we love comments. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, uh, leave us comments, even Twitter, leave us comments. We, we love that stuff. Um, if you're on the audio platforms, if you're one of those, if you tune in there, um, make sure you guys, uh, leave a rating, um, and, uh, a review that kind of stuff helps our podcast get noticed and things like that. So we really appreciate you taking that little bit of time out of your day, 
uh, to check out that stuff. All right. So we're going to dive right into probably the most important topic of what we're going to discuss today, which is the World Series. Easily most important topic. Easily, Easily the most important topic. The Astros. Yes. Uh, maybe to some MLB fans uh, regret are back in the World Series. Yeah. And they will be meeting the terrible Atlanta Braves. I'm a Phillies fan. So. Oh, gotcha. Right. 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 right, right. Uh, the terrible Atlanta Braves who are actually tough, tough for you to have someone to cheer for then. Right. You got to either cheer for your, the Braves, the rival or the, the cheaters. The former cheaters. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go. Dusty with, Baker is lovable. He is. He is. I do really like Dusty Baker. Um, uh, although I don't know, I, I don't know that I've forgiven the Astros yet. So I'm I'm a rock out with the Braves. If there's an NL East team that isn't the Phillies, you know, that's going to win it. That's that seems fair. Sure. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the keys to an Astros victory in this series. Yeah, so obviously uh, we know about this lineup, right? We're, lo- we're just looking at lineups across Major League Baseball. This, you'd put them right there with the Dodgers uh, for the most lethal lineup, right? Jordan Alvarez has kind of become a top five hitter in baseball, MVP, uh, dark horse for next year. Like he's kind of the new big poppy almost. He's, he's a little bit unstoppable uh, when it comes to this. Carlos Correa, you know, time and time again has stepped up huge in the playoffs. This is kind of what he's known for now. It's his time in the playoffs. He's he, he's the Damian Lillard of Major League Baseball for a lot of people, and and he and he owns that. And he took a lot of uh, a lot of crap for the cheating stuff and some of his comments, but he showed up huge. And so is Altuve. Uh, so so we know this team is going to hit, right? We know that they're going to uh, put runs on the board. They did it against Boston. Um, and, and and the the key here, I think, is the pitching and specifically the bullpen, right? So. So we know that, you know, these guys have starters, right? So they got Valdez going tonight. They're going to have McCullers. I'm really focused on the bullpen. Uh, this is a team that ha- has put a lot of runs up. They actually have only played, they've played 10 playoff games so far. Only two of them have come down to three runs or less, right? So they're not playing a lot of close games. There's been some close games uh, that, that people have pulled away from in the end, uh, but we haven't seen really the high leverage pressure pitching moments uh, from this bullpen. I think they can do it. They have guys who have shown that they can come up in these, in these moments. We're talking about Ryan Presley, um, you know, Christian Javier has turned into one of the best pitchers in baseball, a young kid. Uh, and then Kendall Graveman, who they traded for at the deadline. Like they have guys. We just haven't seen it yet in the playoffs and a Braves team that is super hot right now. Uh, you know, they're going to test these guys, especially playing at a ballpark uh, like Minute Maid, where it's, it's very easy to score runs there right one mistake and it's got there's a short porch in and right and then there's the you know short and left with the with the extended wall so i'm looking at the astros bullpen here i'm not saying that they need to be shut down uh stellar like we've seen from the braves so far uh but they're gonna have to be able to back up these starters because you know the the astros are also in a position with their starters where Come game four, they're probably going to have a bullpen game. They're probably going to start Christian Javier and put him out there for three innings, try to get three to four innings out of him. Uh, but but they're going to have to rely on that bullpen because the starter depth, you know, as much as good as those guys are at the top, they don't have a ton of depth. So I'm looking at the bullpen here. Uh, I think that they're going to be okay. I think that they're a good bullpen. I just haven't seen the high leverage moments from these guys in these playoffs yet. Uh, so definitely looking for that from the Astros. Yeah, so it definitely looks like pitching is going to be the key, uh, especially bullpen pitching is going to be key for the Astros. How about the Braves? What's the most important 
or what are some of the keys to victory for the Braves in this series? Yeah, I think the Braves are, are kind of on the, the opposite side of this. We've seen teams come into these playoffs. You think about Boston, right? And, and Boston, they beat the Yankees, uh, and, and then they beat the Rays, and then they, they go up 2-1 on Houston, and, and how do they do it? They have these hot bats, right? They're hot, hot, hot. They're putting up eight, seven runs uh, over and over and over again. What we've seen historically from teams in the playoffs is that can only last – for so long, right? And then the bats go cold, especially a team uh, that wasn't exactly the hottest bats in the regular season. And they're missing arguably their best player in Ronald Acuna Jr. But these guys have stepped up all postseason. Jock Peterson has kind of been uh, a little bit transcendent here with the pearls. He calls himself a bad bitch. He's drinking wine after the games. He's kind of like become everyone's favorite player in these playoffs and everyone's going to be cheering for him against the Astros probably. Uh, But there is a bit of a dilemma with where exactly – uh, everyone goes in in uh, in Turner Field in, in Atlanta because you have a guy like Jorge Soler, you have Eddie Rosario, who's the DH, who's playing where. This is another problem for the Astros, right, where they have Jordan Alvarez and they also have Michael Brantley, who both primarily play left field, and you have Alvarez usually DHing in their home ballpark. In this week, you know, in in the World Series, where you have this, some games are DH, some games there's no DH. You kind of have to figure that stuff out. It's a new challenge for the managers. So what do the Astros do? Do they put Jordan Alvarez uh, in left field? If they do, you need to be able to take advantage of that if you're the Braves because he's not a good defender. I mean, he's a bigger guy, right? And it's a big left field in that ballpark. It's not easy to play left field there. So you have to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, And then kind of you know, on the flip side of what I said was the key for the Astros, another key for the uh, Braves is going to be to actually make Houston use that bullpen. And you do that by taking pitches – and being patient, something that this Braves team doesn't really like to do. They often swing early in the count. Uh, and when you're hot and when you're confident, that makes sense, right? You do that a lot. But I think if they want to win a seven-game series here, it's going to have to go uh, for the long haul for the Braves to win, I think. I don't see them sweeping the Astros here, winning in five against this good of an Astros team. Uh, so it's going to have to go deep in the series. And, and that helps you if you're the Braves. It plays out better if you make them work into that bullpen get through these starters as as quick as you can. Make them use 15, 20 pitches an inning to where you're seeing your ninth guy by the third game. You know, if you can knock some of these guys out, then, you know, we talked about Houston having a bullpen game in, in, in game four. It becomes that much more difficult when you've already used all of these arms and maybe you're relying on some guys who you didn't plan on if you're Houston. So Atlanta's going to have to stay hot. They've got the pitching. Charlie Morton going tonight, former Pirate. Uh, who's somehow in his uh, old age now, twice as good as he was with the Pirates, and he's got a 96-mile-per-hour fastball uh, out of nowhere when he's 38 years old. I don't know how that happens, uh, but you know they've got great starters. Max Freed has come up clutch in these playoffs as well. Ian Anderson, same story. Uh, but I'm looking at these bats, and can they stay hot is the question for the Braves. All right, so you guys heard it here first from our resident MLB analyst, Mike Badzik. Pitching key for the Braves, bullpen pitching, and can the bat stay hot? uh, Or I'm sorry, for the Braves, can the bat stay hot? Yeah. That leads us right into it, man. Who you got in the series? Uh, Game one's tonight, so give us a game one prediction, and then who you got in the series. So game one tonight, I, I actually, I'm going to go with Houston in game one. I, I know that Charlie Morton is going to pitch probably a good game tonight, uh, but Valdez going for Houston, something he does really well. Is he, he pitches well against players and, and teams who want to get the ball in the air, right? Who are very home run dependent. He does not give up a lot of home runs. 
and, and I think he pitches a good game tonight. A lot of pressure on a, on a younger guy to, to do this against a veteran, Charlie Morton, who's been there before. Uh, but, but I like Houston tonight uh, to win. I think it's going to be a good game. I think all these games are going to be close. This has actually been one of the best baseball playoffs that I, I, I can remember. It's, it's really been um, exciting and good if you're a baseball fan. Um, so I've got Houston tonight. And I've got Houston uh, in the series. Uh, I think it. I think it goes six, and, and I hope it goes seven. But I think it goes six. Every game going to be close. Uh, but but again, that Houston bullpen is going to have to show up, uh, especially in, in game four and game five uh, when when they're in Atlanta. Uh, can can they show up? And can the defense uh, be hold up in that big ballpark with with some of these uh, fielding questions? So I, I like. Houston, I just think they're the better team. When you look at that lineup, it's just too much sometimes. And I love this story of Atlanta. I think it's it's one of the best stories. Actually, uh, the the Braves manager's son is actually the hitting coach for Houston, so there is some interesting storylines. Hank Aaron, uh, who died uh, over the was it over the summer he died. Uh, he was like best friends with Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker uh, vowed, you know, he wanted to win this World Series for his his late dear friend Hank Aaron. Well, now he's actually playing against Hank Aaron's former team, the Braves. So we've got some interesting stuff going on. I think it's going to be a very compelling series. Uh, I'll definitely be tuned in. I got Houston tonight, and I got Houston winning this World Series in six games. There you have it. Looks like the Astros uh, have a strong chance of winning this one against uh, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. So uh, that concludes our MLB discussion. Uh, I will be tuning into this World Series. It's been a while since I've since yes. I've gotten really deep into baseball, but I'm going to be tuning in. So, uh, but playoff baseball is, you know, I will say, you know, a lot of people say baseball is uh, boring. A regular season, it can, it can, it can run on, but there is really nothing like playoff baseball when every pitch matters. Um, especially, you know, I, I like it when they're playing in the cold. They're not going to have that this yeah. year with, with Houston and Atlanta, but every pitch matters. The World Series and the fans are going to be going crazy. So, it's going to be fun. So, and I'm definitely cheering for Atlanta as well. I'll be cheering for Atlanta. I'm not going to cheer for Houston. Absolutely. All right. So, before we get into our NFL talk, uh, make sure you guys are checking out some of the new content that we have available. Um, we have our All In Politics episode out now. Uh, they just had a Philly radio uh, legend, Lisa Fairfax, joined their last episode talking about. Uh, the weaponization of black music and radios, real great podcast. She dropped a, a ton of gems on, uh, mm -hmm. on, on that episode. So definitely want to check that out. You can go to podpage.com slash all dash in dash politics to find uh, their episode. It was an audio only. Uh, so you can find all the platforms to listen to on there. Uh, you guys can also check out, my recent uh, Sixers article, I've started a Sixers beat. Uh, mm. So I'll be doing a few articles um, a week about the Sixers. So game recaps, um, weekly recaps, things like that. So my first one was a, a, a week one recap uh, for the Sixers and a little preview into week two. They got a solid win against the Thunder, and then they play again tonight against the Knicks. Uh, so you can check that article out on podpage.com slash podcast and be ready for my weekly NFL power rankings, which will be coming out tomorrow as well. Yeah, check all that out. It's going to be exciting. 
Um, and, and now let's transition. I'll take the uh, host hat from you as we transition to the NFL conversation, part two of this uh, Potapalooza, right? This three part <laughs> we're doing. I like uh, it. We, we want to do some NFL. Uh, we, we really want to talk about your team, the Eagles. Dropped to two and five. They lose to the Raiders. Not a bad team, right? No, it's not like they lost to the Lions. The Raiders have been pretty good this year, uh, but the Eagles lose. They dropped to two and five. So go ahead and give us uh, your your thoughts as uh, of this Eagles team right now as a whole, where they stand, and then also uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, um, I thought we came out strong. I thought the first drive was everything it needed to be. Yeah. Um, we came out, we ran the football. Miles Sanders, um, you know, got a bunch of chunk gains on the ground, uh, and that set up play action. We got a big throw to Dallas Goddard over the middle. Um, they get down into the red zone. They find Gainwell underneath, and he runs in for a touchdown. It was everything you could possibly ask for. Um, you know, there's no RPOs. There were no uh, random screen passes that, you know, we've we've seen from the Eagles offense. Um, it looked like basic run the ball, playoff play action type football. Um, mm. And and it was an efficient, great drive. Not, not nothing of that nature lasted for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was another sloppy performance offensively, um, you know, and. And this was a tough secondary. This is a, a decent Raiders team. So, you know, uh, actually, and a really tough secondary. They're actually top 10 in the league in passing yards allowed. Um, but the opportunity to to beat this team was actually on the ground. Mm. Um, and, and again, I just I don't think we ran the ball enough. I, you know, I, this was the type of game where it should have been runs on first and second down and then throw on third, you know, type of situation, at least for the entire first half. Um, and then also... You know, the, the Eagles defensively were not good. Um, and, and Derek Carr has been hot for all but two games this year. But, um, you know, our se- and our secondary has actually been pretty good. I, and the receivers weren't the ones lighting us up. It was a lot of, like, you know, over-the-middle stuff. Hunter Renfro in the slot killed us. Um, mm-hmm. And Foster Moreau had an excellent game. So they, they really attacked our linebackers a lot in this one. And, you know, the Eagles play this kind of too high safety look, lots of man-to-man coverage and um, or a little bit is and with a mixture of zone coverage and our linebackers where we spend the least amount of money uh, based on any other position in the in the NFL, um, you know, is is exposed in the type of defense that we play. And mm. and Derek Carr took advantage. They I mean, they controlled the time of possession i think at one point they had the ball for about like 18 minutes of the first half in in the first half compared to under six minutes for us uh he had like 16 straight completions so he had a pick in the red team he went four for four threw a pick in the red zone to Vontae maddox and then went 16 for 16 after that um and and had a couple of touchdowns and it was just there was nothing that we could do uh to stop the pass so you know i've and that I was kind of prepared for. The Raiders' offense has looked really good, especially without John Gruden. It's I think it's looked yeah. even better without right. John Gruden. Um, but I, I really I'm disappointed in the offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts was you know okay again. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't think he was terrible. He had a bad fumble in the red zone. Um, game was a little bit out of hand by the time that happened. But I didn't think he was bad. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, but there's there's times where He's a little bit inaccurate. Um, just for example, the the one I could think of off the top of my head, it was like mid second quarter um, play action or RPO. Not not one hundred percent sure which one it was. 
Um, and he's looking for Devontae Smith on a slant route, and he's open. He's got a step on the defender, but the ball's behind him. It's not it's not a bad throw, and it's a catchable ball, but the ball's here, you know, down mm-hmm. by the hip and behind him. And, uh, you know, defender gets back into the play, obviously, because you put it in a position where he can get to it. And maybe it's a ball, if if Smith's a little bit stronger, he, he can rip away. That's a lot to ask, you know, to be quite honest, but it's, uh, you know, the defender gets in, gets his hand on it and and knocks it loose. And, you know, those are the kind of things where uh, that c- keeps you from moving the chains. That forces punts. Sure. And when your defense can't get a stop, uh, you know, that, that makes it difficult. It digs you quite a hole. Um, late in the game, he was able to put some things together and, and make the score a little bit more respectable. I think the final score uh, was 33-22, and it really wasn't that close uh, for most of the game, if we're if we're being really honest. And that's typically what the Eagles have been. Um, it's been, you know, either a, a, a slow start or a quick, fast start, a lull, and then a strong finish. There's just, there just hasn't been enough consistency offensively. That's why we're sitting at two and five. And to be quite honest, I'm very nervous about the lions next week. Mm. Like that sounds ridiculous because the lions are, the lions are Oh, and seven now. Right. I don't think they've had a, or did did they have a bye week? Oh no, it was a seven. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Oh, and seven now. um, If they haven't had their bye week, but I'm almost certain that we're going to lose next week because the lions, despite being Oh, and seven, have been consistent in giving everyone a tough game. Yeah. They've given everyone a tough game that they've played. So I don't really have a ton of faith. Uh, and I might actually, I think I actually am going to pick the lions uh, in that matchup. It's just, it's bad. Nick Sirianni is a terrible play caller. I mean, it's he's, he's, oh. he might be the worst in the league. If, wow. If I'm How- being honest. <laughs> and it's How fast he's fallen from it's, grace. It's crazy because, you know, I don't see the offense that we saw week one against, Atlanta, like right. with the complex uh, route combinations and things like that, like everything now is RPO, RPO, RPO screens. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know if he doesn't think Jalen Ball, Jalen Hurts can throw ten yards down the field. If he, you know, or if he just loves this style of play, I don't know. Jalen Hurts hasn't shown me anything that he can't mm. push the ball down the field or or anything like that. You know, he's actually been pretty decent, I would say, on the deep ball at times. So I, so I really don't understand it. I don't understand our aversion to running the ball. Um, and with Miles Sanders now probably out next week, I don't. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe he thinks Kenneth Gainwell might be a better runner and give him some more touches. I don't see that happening. But I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. This offense is a little perplexing to me um, in terms of the play calling and things like that. But. Um, you know, it is what it is for the Eagles right now. It's 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 also been a tough schedule. Every team we've played so far is above 500, except yeah. for the Niners, who's shockingly lost to the Colts this week. Um, and now the not Panthers shocking, are not shocking. I picked that. You did pick that, yeah. But uh, um, I believe um, I believe the Panthers just fell to three and four too because they've lost they've lost four straight. Now. Panthers kind of so like, suck. Yeah, and they were three and one when they played us. So. You know, it, it's been pretty tough so far for the Eagles. Um, you know, maybe they can get things turned around with a little bit lighter of a schedule with the Lions coming up. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, as Jalen Hurts says, the rent is due. The rent, are, are you rocking with Hurts? At a, I mean, is there anything that could happen this year to where you're like, let's see what we got in? I think Because they traded Flacco, right? 
They did just trade Flacco to the Jets, yes. Yeah, so now we're looking at a Minshew backup. Is there any any scenario where you're like, let's see what we got in Minshew? No, not really. We know okay. what Minshew is, I think. Um, you know, we're only 11 starts into Jalen Hurts' career, and he's very young. He was already raw, if we're being quite honest. So, like, anyone who was expecting Jalen Hurts to just, other than from a fantasy perspective, to light it up this year, yeah. like, I think you had unrealistic expectations um, if that was what you thought. Yeah, it was going to be an up and down season for him. That's just, you know, the expectation. And and I don't think Nick Sirianni has helped in any way, shape, or form. But he still accounts coming into this week's game, he still accounted for eighty seven percent of our total yards. You know, so like a lot of times he's bailed us out and kept us yeah. alive with his legs. Um, you know, and which is kind of what we expected. Sure. I would like to see them utilize that portion of his game even more. Uh, rather than waiting till the end of the game uh, to you know get him out outside of the pocket or get these designed runs that they have for him and things like that, for some reason we wait until we're down twenty to start doing those things. Um, but overall, I give him as an as an actual NFL quarterback, I give him like a C plus. Yeah. So um, uh, here's here's where we're at as far as Jalen Hurts going forward. I think it's still we're still in evaluation period. Um, I would say maybe put some pressure on Sirianni to give up play calling and, and see if that helps um, at all. And then well, you, you got to well fire him then, right? Because wasn't he hired as a play caller? Well, yeah. I mean, he was the Colts offensive coordinator, which I didn't think the Colts offense was super great. I mean, I know they had Phillip Rivers who was, they just Obviously, want that in his last year, his coaching career. tree, Frank yeah, Wright. Yeah, you know what like, I mean. Like it's yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah, we're we're deep in the in the Andy Reid coaching uh, tree now, though. Like we're not even talking the enemy who's, right. who's working directly under. We're talking like descendants of Andy Reid at this point with Nick Sirianni. Um, you know, and to me, if you fired Andy Reid or let him go, why would you continue to? And then Doug Peterson was an Andy Reid coach. So why are we so concerned about like why did we fire Doug Peterson if we just wanted to hire guys from that same coaching tree? It doesn't really make all that much sense. You could have kept Doug for all that who won a Super Bowl. But I mean in terms of Sirianni, I'm not sure he makes it past this year with with the way he's been coaching now. Um Howie Roseman's an idiot. So maybe he does. He probably does. So, you know, you can't you can't really rule that out. I don't actually expect him to get fired. But like, there's going to be a ton of pressure on him to be fired because he has not been good uh, so far early on. But back to Hurts, yeah, you know, we've got three first round picks. Two of them are going to be in the top ten. Ours and the Dolphins, um, maybe even the Colts. I I think uh, they're sitting at three and four, but they have some. They have a little bit tougher of a schedule coming up. Uh, Wentz has not been that bad lately, actually. Wentz has been playing okay. <laughs> yeah, favorable matchups. He does dumb good. stuff, but he's been playing okay. He does. Yeah. And you know, he's like, he's him and Jalen hurts. Aren't the problem. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's, and that's where I think a lot of like Philly fans, um, you know, get caught up in, like, it's so easy to blame the quarterback and evaluate the quarterback. And it's like, and I I said this last year while Carson Wentz was terrible. And I did think we needed to move on from him. He was not the only issue for this team. And we're seeing it with Jalen hurts. You know what I mean? Like, Jalen Hurts is not the only issue. Our offensive line is still banged up. Right. Uh, linebacker, our, our linebacker position is terrible. Um, Brandon Graham's out, so that doesn't help. You know what I mean? We're, and, now, and then the play calling is bad. 
Um, so, and all of those things existed last year as well. But for Hertz, you know, we do have three top 10 picks. Uh, I'm assuming the Colts will fall into like top 12-ish. Uh, so I'm going to say three top 12 picks probably by the end of the year. Maybe if Watson's name gets cleared, maybe you're looking there. But other than that, Can you I think, it? yeah, uh, yes. And, uh, or, and other than that, you know, those two options, I don't love this QB class. So I'm not sold that we're going to end up finding someone that is immediately going to be better than Hurts or like projects long-term better than Hurts. You know, Spencer Rattler's been disappointing. He was one of the like top QB names. He hasn't really been great for Oklahoma. Benched. Um, yeah, benched. Um, Clemson's QB, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name, uh, you know, has been a little underwhelming. You know, so it's like there's there's a – it's it's a crapshoot for this year's QB class. I don't my, think it's really my guy's the my guy's the best one. Kenny Pickett from Pitt. He's he somehow jumped everybody. Like he's the only one playing well this year. Yeah, he's been great. So like, but with his stock rising, unless Miami, uh, you know, loses out for the rest of the year, because I don't think we're gonna end up with the number one pick. He could, you know, people reach on quarterbacks all the time. He could very well find himself <laughs> as the number one overall pick. So unless we package to move up, you know what I mean, and because the Lions might the the Lions might have the number one pick, and I don't know how sold they are on Jared Goff, but you just traded for him, so you know right. I'm not sure they're taking a QB. Maybe they'll want to move back. That's the only scenarios I could really think of. Other than that, I think Jalen Hurts by default might get himself a second year as a starter, um, and maybe a little bit longer of an evaluation period, um, you know. But I I do think he needs to improve. Uh, to kind of solidify the Eagles, to keep the Eagles from looking at other QB options. Like even if they're bad, at least get it to the point where like, well, it's not, we're not bad because Jalen Hurts, you know, right. kind of situation. And I'm, I'm thinking when the schedule gets easier, maybe that's how we'll start to view him. Um, or if something changes with who's calling the plays, maybe that happens. But yeah, we'll see. Well, it's it's. I mean, the thing with Hurts is like he's the same quarterback right now. That he was at Alabama and Oklahoma. It's the same stuff. He he does well in the same uh, type of situations. He's still not great at you know figuring out what the defense is doing, which is what they said out of college, and it's kind of come true. But he's young, right? So we're going to give him time on that. Uh, right. So I, I agree. I would stick with Hertz throughout the remainder of the year. I don't think it's worth you know. It's not like Minshew's going to come in and win you the division. And if you're going to go down this road, you might as well uh, see everything you can of Jalen Hurts before you have to make this decision about a quarterback next round. Um, so, yeah, rough, rough for the Eagles, man. That's uh, so. I will say my Steelers didn't play this week, so we're we're not, we're not going to do much more NFL stuff. But the winning yeah. streak that I predicted has started. We're uh, we are on win number two, uh, so we got a two game win streak. We're going to keep it going, man. And we we win this week. We're to the moon, bro. To the moon. So. I can't wait till that comes. I'm going to be talking all kinds of shit on this podcast. <laughs> all right, let's do our week eight pick em. We've been doing pick We haven't done every week, but we've done a lot of weeks. Do you have the standings on hand or no? Well, it's still the same as last okay. time because uh, we did not do a week seven. We did a basketball episode last week. So we didn't do week seven. So we're still in the same spot. Okay. All right, and we are recording on a Tuesday, so we can pick the Thursday night game. We will start Packers at Cardinals. Looking like Devontae Adams might miss this one. Not only Devontae Adams, but alert I got just before the show was Alan Lazard was added to that same list. Um, So 
there's a possibility that uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez Scantling, returns mm-hmm. from IR, could be in store for a big week. Um, maybe we see a lot more Robert Tunyon as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been great. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it's really hard to pick against him when he's this hot. Yeah. However. However. Dramatic effect. Give me the Cardinals, man. They're 7-0. They're 7-0. <laughs> and they're demolishing everybody. It's not even close. Uh, yeah. It's not even close. And, I, and, and if I'm being quite honest, even if Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard were healthy, I'm taking the Cardinals. This team is the best in the league. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I mean, they have an endless amount of weapons. They have so many weapons that DeAndre Hopkins' uh, target share is down like 9% from last year. 9%. And, you know, for fantasy managers, they're pulling their hair out. But, like, I don't think anyone – yeah, like, he's still been productive by by all means. But, like, he – you know, you can't even key on him anymore. Because Rondo yeah. Moore is so explosive. You got A.J. Green on the outside on the other side. You got Christian Kirk in the slot. Then they added Zach Ertz, and they used him right away. Gets a big yeah. touchdown. I was so Ertz. happy to see it. I was so happy to see that. I love that guy. Um, but, yeah, you know, now they got Zach Ertz. They've got a decent, very good running game. James Conner gives him, you know, the uh, the bruiser. And then you kind of have, you know, the satellite back role for Chase yeah. Edmonds, who's really good at that. Um and, you know, we've talked about Kyler Murray enough on this podcast. Um, but I, I'm not sure that we really give him his just due. Uh, I think he's I think he's the front runner for MVP. Him and Derrick Henry are like neck and neck, if you ask me. But they're 7-0, they're and 0, so he gets a nod from me. And not only that, but I think when we're talking in that discussion of, like, best quarterbacks, uh, not only right now, but, like, for the next 10 years, like – Kyler Murray's up there with Pat Mahomes. He's got to be. He's got to be up there with Pat Mahomes now. Uh, you know, he's Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and I Herbert. throw just Herbert uh and and we might disagree but I'm throwing Lamar Jackson in there too. He's he's been great this year. Um, you know, despite their loss to the Bengals. Those those five guys are in a tier of their own when we're talk when we're projecting forward uh as far as the quarterback spot in this in this league. So give me some Cardinals this week, man, on uh, Thursday night for sure. I'm going to go with the Packers. I don't think that the Cardinals' undefeated streak can last. Aaron Rodgers as a six-and-a-half-point dog. That just smells like it's going to piss him off, man. I am going to take the Packers against the spread, though. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, but I think, it's gonna, I think it is going to be tough, though, without Devontae Adams. You know what? I'm actually going to go to the Cardinals. No Devontae Adams. No Devontae Adams is too much. Like, And I'm thinking back now to times when we've seen Rodgers without his number one guy. And it is more difficult. And especially yeah. if you lose Lazar, too. Like, that's just going to be tough. So give me the Cardinals. I know I switched it up on you guys. Um, but but that Devontae piece is a lot. It's And he's – and and it's not even like a lot of teams, you know, without uh, – like Aaron Rodgers I think is a good quarterback without his number one. But Devontae yeah. Adams takes so much of his target share that like – and then Lazard started to pick it up like the last two weeks. And now he's out. You're talking like, you know, MVS coming off of injury. We're going to give him 
10 plus targets, you know, Randall Cobb. it's like, it's, I don't right. know. Right. Who's, who's been streaky. You know what I mean? He's, he's a little bit of a gadget player out of the slot. Like that's, that's going to be tough against a Cardinals defense. That's been excellent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, we both take the Cardinals. Let's move on. I'm going to just not go straight down the list this time. I'm going to try to do it better matchups first, okay. uh, which is hard. Cause there's not a ton of great matchups this week. Yeah. Right. Well, let's go to my team because they have a big game this week. They're at the Steelers at the Browns. Baker Mayfield is questionable. Nick Chubb is questionable. Um, So we don't know exactly what Browns team we're going to get. It's why it's hard to pick these games on Tuesday. Right. Uh, But but Steelers, Browns, what do you think? Man, I'm really torn on this one because um, because of all the injuries for Cleveland, we you know, and even a couple of injuries up front on their offensive line, which I think is the biggest key. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming Baker's not going to go in this one, though. Okay. Um, and I absolutely love the idea of this Steelers defense against Case Keenum. Oh. So, uh, and even if, Baker, even if Baker plays, um, and, in, and a hurt Baker Mayfield doesn't intrigue me. So I'm going to take the Steelers here. Um, even though it's on the road. Yeah. Tough matchup. Um I think Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb absolutely has to play for them to even have a chance. And he has to not only play, but like be healthy, like Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, because um, I, I see this passing game struggling a lot this week, but I'm going to take the Steelers. I think, I think it might've been onto something with this win streak thing, man. And if they get Ooh. past this one, we, we could really be talking. Give me the Steelers. They're, they're trending go. up and the Browns are trending down. I, I typically go with the teams trending up. Did you know Big Ben has never lost in Cleveland? Yeah, so more stats as to why. More reasons as to why you should pick the Steelers. And we're not a numbers pod. We're not a stats pod. We're really not, yeah. But I like that one, right? Big Ben has never lost in Cleveland. He's only lost in since he won. He loves Ohio, right? He's from Ohio. He loves Ohio. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think even if Baker Mayfield does play, uh, one, he's not very good anyway. And we're going to see – a 60 to 75% version of that if he does play. Yeah, so right. no Chubb is going to hurt a lot as well. If he can't go, I like the Steelers defense, man. I can't see, I can't see, especially a case Keenum led Browns team scoring more than 17. They're going to flood that box um, yeah. on him. That's what she said. And, and it's going to be, really <laughs> tough. it's good. It's going to be really tough uh, for, for him. So I got the Steelers, man. I think the win streak keeps on going. All right. All right. All right. So let's move on then. Um, how about this one? Divisional matchup. Uh, we've got the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers going to the kind of sneakily four and two uh Saints. I didn't realize that they were actually doing that well this year. <laughs> yeah, like three of their four wins are pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, the one not ugly win was obviously week one against the Packers. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks here, but I'm I'm not super confident in that pick. Um, this Saints defense is for real. Um, Marshawn Lattimore has Mike Evans' uh, number as well, so yes, you does. know that's that doesn't bode well. Um, I think Antonio Brown is going to need to be healthy for this one. Now they have a a, a number of weapons, but uh, I think they're going to need all the weapons they can get against the Saints defense. I think if Antonio Brown's healthy, then I feel a little bit more confident about my pick. But yeah, give me the Buccaneers this week in a close yeah. one. Yeah, I think I've got the Buccaneers as well. Do you remember last year uh, when the Bucks and Saints played? At about this time of year, the Saints absolutely crushed them. 
um, and, and people kind of wrote the books off at that point. And then that's when they kind of turned things around. I don't think that they forgot about that loss. Uh, and I think that they really want this one at, at the saints. So I got the bucks as well. Um, although Jameis, the Jameis, the Jameis game. Yeah. Revenge game for Jameis. Uh, although he has not looked great. He's not great. He's not good. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We'll both take the Bucks. How about Patriots at Chargers? Uh, give me the Chargers here. You know, um, I've talked about it a number of times on this podcast. The uh, East Coast to West Coast trip is is generally pretty tough mm. on either team. Um, and I think the biggest example that we saw it uh, was when the Chargers went to Baltimore um, and, and lost pretty badly there, really underperformed. Uh, coming off the bye, I think, uh, you know, they'll get a little bit more rested up, a little healthier. Mike Williams was a little banged up, right, coming into the Baltimore game. Um, so I think that week off will let them get a little bit healthy and get them back on track with a win against a, a Patriots team that's going to put up a good fight. But uh, the Chargers are the better team here. Give me, uh, give me Los Angeles. I got San Diego as well. The Patriots <laughs> aren't that good. Two of their three wins are against the Jets. So I'm, yeah, not giving right. them any credit. I'm not giving them any credit until they do something uh, better than that. So yeah. uh, we'll both take the charges. We are still the same. Okay, this is the last like decent game of the day games, uh, and it's the Titans at the Colts. Titans coming off a huge win. Yeah, and um, two huge wins, if we're being honest. They just yeah. beat the Chiefs and they beat the Bills right? on uh, uh, Monday night uh, the week before. So – you know, the Titans are are strange, aren't they? Like, they, they uh, lost to the Jets earlier this year um, and then come out and, and beat the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. So um, strange. Yeah, right? So, this is a tough one. The Colts have been hot a little bit, too, but mostly against bad teams. Give me the Titans. I think they're, I think Derrick Henry's going to have a field day running all over mm. this, this Colts defense. Um, give me the Titans. They're rolling right now. I'm going to take the Colts as a home dog. I like the way this team has been playing the past couple of weeks. Uh, Titans coming off two back-to-back highs. Um, Time for a letdown, I think. Colts must win game, right? If they lose this, they're pretty much done. They go to three and five, uh, and the Titans go to six and two, the division, and they lose their home game against them. So I think it's a a Colts going all-out must-win game. I got the Colts, man. I'm I'm not ready to give up on your boy. Carson Wentz. <laughs> so, all right, let's start moving down the slate. Uh, we've also got Panthers at Falcons. Sam Darnold will be starting, correct? Yeah, um, I think so. He got he got pulled this week for PJ Walker, um, but he I like, gets an I like easier... PJ Walker, man. He's a good backup. I do like PJ Walker as well. Uh, they get a little favorable matchup here this week. I know the, the Falcons are actually kind of hot back at five hundred, yep. um, but they've beaten bad teams. They're they're yeah. another one like of their three wins. They beat the Jets, um, and then they beat the lowly Dolphins last week. So I'm not sold on that. And the Giants were their third win, I think. So, like, none of those wins impressed me. Um, You know, despite how bad the Panthers have been without Christian McCaffrey, this is a get-right game for them. So give me the Panthers here. I want the Falcons here. I think the Panthers are kind of a little bit shaky here. Might be a mess. Uh, Bench quarterback last week and come back, you know. And I yeah. don't think Sam Darnold is the type to have a strong bounce back from something like that. He's not one of these guys that's like, oh, yeah, I got benched. Let me come out and prove that I am shouldn't be benched. Well, I don't think right. he's that good. So 
I got the Falcons. I got the Falcons so, at home. Let's let's talk about Darnold a little bit because uh, the Panthers didn't give up much, right? To to trade for him, it was kind of like you know we're not going to wage our future on him, but and and we're also not going to commit to him for the future. I don't think the Panthers are sold that he's their franchise guy. Mm-hmm. So after the last four weeks here um, and his struggles, do they look to move on from him in the offseason? Are they drafting a QB? You know, Deshaun Watson, uh, they're suddenly the favorite in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Yeah, right? you know, like I can only imagine Deshaun Watson with these weapons. That would be an offense that I think would be pretty scary. Uh, yeah, he would be assaulting defenses. Bro. You yeah. just can't. What? what? <laughs> yeah, he would. Would he would not be? <laughs> would he not be assaulting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrong verb, wrong oh, verb, wrong verb, wrong verb. Okay, okay. Oh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Dolphins at the Bills. I think we both got the Bills. I'm assuming. Yeah, give me the Bills by a million. Yeah, 13 and a half point line. That's a big line. I'm going to take the, that line too. The, yeah. the Dolphins are terrible. Niners at Bears. This is kind of an interesting one. It is. Um, the, the Niners are like shockingly two and four. The, it, their record almost doesn't make sense to me. Uh, bears at home though give me the bears at home like i i would love to see matt nagy uh somehow find out that justin fields runs a 4-4 um and do something to to give him some extra protection so he's not getting battered in the backfield but um i don't know what it is about this niners team like for some reason uh, it's all runs and Debo Samuel. Like IU doesn't even exist anymore, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're really sold on Jimmy Garoppolo being their guy. Um, and I, I just I don't trust this offense. I think when they have to throw, they can't. Yeah. Um, and and neither can the Bears. But I think the Bears have a little bit better of a defense. So give me Chicago at home. I'm with you. I'm with everything you just said. I think the are, are we off the Kyle Shanahan thing? Like, is that ship sailed? I was never a huge yeah. believer in him. Like, I don't think he's a bad coach. I mean, he's no Nick Sirianni, but like, <laughs> I was never like, I never thought he was like, you know, Andy Reid or right. or uh, you know McVay like type of coach. Like, I always thought he was. He just got he got of, put up there with those guys when they exactly and like good like you know what i mean like at least he knows how to run the football you know i'd take him in i'd take him in philly but like Hmm. yeah i i don't i never saw the genius of kyle shanahan that other people saw yeah me either okay uh how about eagles lines you kind of alluded to this one yeah uh so here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to um put myself in a win-win situation i'm gonna pick the lions smart i'm gonna bet on the lions so that if the eagles win I'll be happy. And if they lose, I'll be happy. So yeah, uh, listen, but no, in all seriousness, Dan Campbell has this team competing week in week out um, against the toughest of teams, let alone the Eagles. Uh, they're due for a win eventually. And I think this is the week struggling Eagles team um, coming into Detroit. Give me the lions. I think that they are also due for a win. They've been fighting, man. They're due for a win, but they're the lions. So they're not going to get the win that they're due for. Eagles, E A G L E S, Eagles. And now right. I'm going to talk. I'm going to come back on this podcast and talk about how great Jalen Hurts is after he beats the lowly Lions. I cannot wait. All right, <laughs> Bengals at Jets. How about them Bengals, man? How, how about, about them Bengals? Are are we believers yet? I'm 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 in on the Bengals, like as a playoff team. They're frisky. 
They're gonna make the playoffs, I think. That that defense is better. Well, they're expected. about to be six and two, right? We both got them against the Jets. They're gonna be six and two. Yeah, I think they might win the division. Uh, we're about to win ten games in a row, bro. So okay, all right. <laughs> uh, I think the Steelers still got it. All right, Rams at Texans, fourteen and a half point line on this one. And give me all fourteen and a half points on the Man, Rams. That is crazy. Okay, Jags at Seahawks. Seahawks season is pretty much over now with Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, but and and as bad as it's been, it's like. Do are, do you still trust? Do you trust the Jags? Like I know they got to win, but like the Dolphins suck. So like, no. I'm still gonna take the Seahawks. Like I, I for whatever reason, like I think Alex Collins might have a big game running the ball. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna have to open things up a little bit for Geno. Oh, give me the Seahawks reluctantly. <laughs> and you said Geno, right? As in Geno Smith is gonna be yeah. starting this game for the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the Jags in this one on the road. <laughs> Always fade Geno Smith. Okay, uh, the Washington football team is in Denver. Yeah, uh, Denver is another team like the Panthers who started 3-0 and and lost four straight. So we've been having this debate <laughs> about, uh, about Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. Turns out neither of them are good. They both suck, though, which we knew. Which <laughs> like we knew. The, we did know. Yeah, we knew. Um, yeah, so, but um, Washington's defense is so bad that I'm going to take the Broncos here at home. Yeah. Um, they get Jerry Judy back this week, so I think things get a little bit better for the Broncos. They also are – they run the ball well, so, you know, there's, I think that helps. Give me, give me the Broncos at home to get right game for them. Yeah, I got the Broncos – as well. All right, let's go to the Sunday night game, which is Cowboys at Vikings. Cowboys look like one of the best teams in the league. They do, but guess what? This Vikings team is a little underrated. I agree. They're I sitting agree. at three and three, but one of those losses was a terrible, terrible miss against the care uh, by their kicker against the Cardinals. That should have been a win for them. Yeah. Um, and at home, I actually think this is a decent matchup for them. Like, I think Dalvin Cook has a big game. Kirk Cousins has been pretty good, although primetime games, as we know, have not been good to Kirk Cousins. True. Um, but I, I have a lot of faith. I think Dalvin Cook has a breakout, huge monster game here. And at home, they get a win. I think they upset the Cowboys Sunday night. I'm with you, man. This was going to be my upset pick for me, but you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, so... I got the Vikings as well. I'm still not a believer in this Cowboys defense, especially on the road. Yeah, Vikings, Minnesota's a tough place to play in that dome, and they're going to be rocking on Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. All right, Monday night, Giants are in KC. Is this a get-right game for the Chiefs? It is, only because the Giants are so bad. Like I think if Saquon Barkley was playing, I'd think twice about this. Um, because that Chiefs, that Chiefs defense is god-awful. I mean, it's it's so bad to where like if Saquon was playing, I think I'd have I think I'd have, and if we, if I knew Kadarius Tony was playing, um, and Sterling Shepard was playing, then I I actually think this the Giants would be a sneaky upset pick there. But I am going to take the Chiefs. Um, they're a ten point favorite though. I don't have any favorite. Ten in that. point favorite. I don't know. I don't have any. You see what happened because let me. I want to explain this to our our listeners why there's these crazy lines this week. If you if you guys look at the slate so far this season, the favorites have been killing it. They've been winning. Uh, teases have been destroying Vegas, right? So teases when you you pick. 
three or four teams or and you 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 bring their line up or down whichever way you want to go uh and they all have to win so basically people are taking favorites teasing them they have been killing vegas right so vegas looked at it this week and said all right tease this and they made the lines (laughs) 14 yeah. points basically is what happened here. So we're kind of in a tough position with our teams. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my brother, Kyle, the author of the all in bets yeah. DFS, uh, um, blog. Um, and my dad were, we're talking about that, uh, in our little family group chat that, uh, Vegas is not very happy no. uh, with all the money they're they've been losing. So yeah, definitely why you're seeing these crazy lines. Yeah. So, Okay. That's our pick em for the week. We'll let you guys know next week how we did and who's who took the lead in the standings, who came from behind and took the lead in the standings. <laughs> All right, yeah. we're not done yet. <laughs> we are at now at part three of this Potapalooza on to really, really our first and true love, uh, which is NBA basketball. Uh, we're not going to dive into everything, but we want to do some overreactions Uh, or maybe underreactions, you know, should we be overreacting? We got four teams that we want to talk about. Uh, First one has to be the Lakers. Of course, they've struggled. They're one and two so far. Um, I'll I'll let you take the floor on on what's going on with these guys. And and do you think it's an overreaction? Are they truly a mess? Um, It is an overreaction, but only uh, only because I expected this. I expected a slow start from them. They're old. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of moving pieces, so chemistry, and a lot of those moving pieces don't necessarily fit together. Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. a lot. Their starting lineup has been Russell Westbrook, Kent Bazemore, oh. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and DeAndre Jordan. That's the starting five the Lakers have been rolling out and somehow expecting to get wins. Uh, listen, I don't know who told Frank Vogel that 90s basketball still worked in today's NBA. But this Twin Towers with a with a bruising small forward and point guard uh, is, is not the type of lineup that's going to cut it. Um, and, you know, I, that, that's why they're struggling. I had a feeling because Anthony Davis has some kind of aversion to playing the center position for whatever reason. Uh, he, he does not want to play the five and it forces Frank Vogel to throw out these terrible lineups. Um, you know, and you know, this is the result they're, they're sitting at one and two to start the season. They, they play tonight, um, Mm. and have a pretty easy game. I forget who they play tonight, but they got a pretty easy game tonight, but you know, nothing's been easy for them. The offense has looked bad because they don't have any shooting and they don't have any spacing, um, defensively. Name one person on that perimeter that really is considered a stopper. You know what I mean? Like Russell Westbrook's not a defensive stopper. He's, he's actually pretty bad on defense. Kent Bazemore has been kind of the guy that they've asked to put in that role. And he's going to give the effort, Uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's not that kind of guy. LeBron's 37, 38. How old is LeBron now? I don't know. He's pushing 40. Like they can't ask LeBron to guard everybody's best player, right. you know? And, you know, at that point, it's just like, um, you know, that's why you're seeing these struggles early on. So it is an overreaction for people who are like, Oh, the Lakers are trash or, you know, the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. Like things like that, that you're, that you might be seeing right now are overreactions. They will figure it out. Eventually, AD will start to play more fives simply because they have to. Uh, I think we even might see Melo in the starting lineup. He had a big game. He actually saved them 
the other night from an embarrassing loss to the Grizzlies. John Morant was destroying them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Melo gave him 28 off the bench and kind of kind of saved them with big shots down the stretch. And like honestly, he's gonna have to be a starter for them to get the proper spacing to support guys like Russ and LeBron and AD. Um, I think once that eventually happens, then things will start to turn around and get a little bit better for them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty ugly early on. This is, we talked about this. I, I said that in the preview show, uh, that the first 10 to maybe 15 games were not going to be good for them. And you know, that's what we're seeing so far. Well, I think it continues for the bulk of the regular season. That's why I was on the under, uh, I just, this lineup, man, I think I even mentioned Kent Bazemore by name, like how is he starting for a team that has title aspirations? It just doesn't sound. Right. You're like, signed, why not Malik Monk? Why not Malik Monk? Or like they signed Avery Bradley like two days before the season started because they were like, oh, nobody plays defense here. Maybe we should get <laughs> one person who does, and then they throw him out there and he tries to chase Steph Curry around, doesn't work out. Um a little bit confusing on on what they're going for here. I think, you know, I agree with you. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, at some point, uh, they're gonna figure it out. Westbrook is not as bad as he's played so far. He's pretty bad, but he's not this bad, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so I think that they figure it out, right? We're not. This isn't a team that's going to miss the playoffs. And really, uh, with LeBron and AD, you just need to get in the playoffs, right? And actually, this team you could argue is actually built a little bit better for a playoff uh, style, right? You know, more half court, uh, less spacing. That's probably what they're going for, I think. Uh, so I'm not overreacting either um it's just you know it's just it's just lebron regular season stuff yeah mike mike clay who's a uh, espn fantasy analyst uh has a saying cream rises mm. cream rises which means talent eventually rises the lakers have talent they have three perennial all-stars they will eventually figure out so cream rises guys don't don't panic okay <laughs> let's go to the other uh <laughs> Title favorite. Do you watch John Oliver at all? Do you know when John Oliver does a segment and he just goes, cool? <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Cool. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That was that was that, that was great analogy, too. All right, so let's go to the other title contender before the year started, which is of course the Brooklyn Nets, uh, who are without Kyrie Irving, still probably forever. I'm assuming it doesn't seem like he's gonna change his mind about things. Uh, yeah. But they're two and two. It hasn't been terrible, but you know they haven't looked great in spots. Yeah, um, just uh, you know before I before I get to give some analysis. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see Kyrie anytime soon either. Mm-hmm. Um, he has become the right wing anti-vax poster child now, um, which they I, love I don't. They love yeah, him now, which I they do, but and I don't think he they understand that he does not love them back like. He's in the nation of Islam. He's he's the furthest thing. Well, and and, and <laughs> I, his his statement was okay. Like he he came out and talked yeah. about it. Like it wasn't like he. I don't. He's think not. He's, a, even, he's not an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, like he's not an anti-vaxxer. He doesn't want you to tell him exactly what to do. Which I can. I mean, I don't hate that stance. It's not terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm not totally against that stance. Yeah. Would I give up a season of NBA basketball and? Possibly salary for it, probably not. But well, know. that's actually so. Wait, that's actually that actually makes it a little bit weirder for him. So it's like he's like, I'm not anti-vax, I'm anti-mandate. Well, it's like 
Okay, well, like, so you're going to give up the season for a stance? I think it'd be more acceptable if he was like, I'm really worried about the vaccine. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm nervous on the side effect. Like, if he said that, I'd be like, okay, like, he's actually worried about his health. He's like, no, nah, yeah. like, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a wild thing to sit the season out for, knowing that your decision is going to have zero impact uh, on that mandate. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, to give some – some actual analysis, which we know is what you guys tune in for. Um, You know, they'll be okay. The the Nets, uh, you know, have their, there's going to be an adjustment of them, like not playing without Kyrie. Uh, What they'll notice and what they are noticing is that they're actually going to have to play more defense because it's going to be hard for them to score 150 points without Kyrie. Um, So they have to play a little bit more defense. Um, Nick Claxton's been really good for them at the center spot. Um, so that's, that's been a positive. They got a good win last night. Uh, KD's actually been incredible to start the season. So, um, yeah, don't, don't hit the panic button on these guys too soon. They're, they're obviously going to have to learn how to adjust and play without Kyrie. Um, they'll, they'll get right. I actually don't think, uh, they'll be as bad as the Lakers in the, in the regular season, at least. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think these guys are fine. Harden really is just now kicking it on. Right, yeah. he actually struggled a little bit. Obviously, cream rises, so he's gonna he's gonna be better. Um, and, and they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. I think I'm not, I don't have any worries about them. I actually I have less worries about them than I do the Lakers, probably. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's go to two teams uh, who maybe you could say are overreactions the other way on this spectrum. Two teams with hot starts, and we'll start with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, who who were a topic of conversation in the offseason a lot, right? With some of the guys, like Brandon Lonzo, DeMar DeRozan. Um, after adding Vucevic last year, they've got this kind of fantasy team lineup. But man, they've been they've been playing well, and the defense has been there. So so, what do you think of the Bulls so far? Yeah, that's the most that's the most surprising part is the defense has been there. They got a tough test from your Raptors last night, who have looked pretty good i would say you know i love him given the circumstances barnes rookie of the year actually he's scotty barnes mvp okay i'm sure (laughs) no but uh scotty barnes is the real deal i i actually um i actually really liked his game yeah um but yeah you know i'm in on the bulls i i was a little more bullish on them um than you were in the preview episode do i think they're like top five in the east no like they're probably in the six to eight range i think is probably where they will bottom out to but zach levine is an elite scorer and he has continued to be an elite scorer to start the season um and i think DeRozan has been has really given him um his first real second like go-to score and like during the stretch uh last night they went to DeRozan uh down the stretch against the raptors like you know I think he's a little bit better of an ISO player than Zach Levine. Like Zach Levine's really good. In, and Zach Levine's a good ISO player. Don't get me wrong. But like Zach Levine's really good in pick and rolls and things like that. But like from mid range in DeMar DeRozan is so tough to stop. So like late in games when you have two guys that you can go to that can, that can get you a bucket, um, you know, from almost anywhere on the floor yeah. uh, that bodes well. And Vucevic causes a lot of problems with his uh, pick and pop abilities you know, when trying to guard these guys. And now Lonzo is a legitimate three-point shooter. Ben Simmons, take notes. Um, You know, Lonzo is a a legitimate knockdown shooter. Patrick Williams gives them, um, you know, their their versatile, um, you know, defender 
uh, and he can also knock down open shots when when uh, called upon. I like this Bulls team. Um, they're a playoff team to me. I'm not going to overreact and and you know think that they're a, a, a top four team or or last year's Knicks. You know what I mean? Where the Knicks made that crazy run and finished top four or five in the East. I, I'm not sure that they're that good, but better than we might have given them credit for in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I actually like this Bulls team a little bit better than I did at the beginning of the year. I was probably, yeah, you're right. I was a little more out on them than you were. But, you know, honestly, I think the biggest piece of this is Lonzo. I love Lonzo, man. Mm. Dude, he is fun to watch. He, he His passing, we knew about the passing, of course, but now he can shoot. And he plays good defense on the perimeter, he plays, right? And he's such, he's such a good compliment for Levine yes. and DeRozan yes. because he plays defense. Uh, he's knocking down open shots. He kind of he's kind of like Jason Kidd, not not prime Jason Kidd, but like Dallas Mavericks championship run Jason well, Kidd. Which that was the comp coming out of the draft. It was like who's a ceiling? It's like Jason Kidd ish, right? And and he yeah. didn't really show it because he wasn't aggressive enough, I think. Mm-hmm. But I like that comp, and I like him. Like he's almost like, uh, you know, we always talk about like the problem of shoot first point guards, right? He's like the antithesis of that. He he actually like fits well with guys next to him. You can kind of, you know, he's the guy you put with a scoring guard. So I like it. Levine, um, I was skeptical of him. I I like the way his game is maturing, man. It's, it's actually kind of, kind of cool to see a guy go from a raw athlete to then someone who can knock down shots and and score off the dribble to now someone who is like kind of controlling the game on offense. Like it's actually been, pretty impressive like i'm i have to give him credit and i don't like to say when i'm not giving guys enough credit or, or i was wrong about something but man I, I i like his game a lot it's only been three games uh so so i'm not gonna say that they're be in the east finals this year i agree with you that probably uh five to eight is their is their range here yeah uh, just because there's some really good teams in the east the east is good this year yeah. uh, but i like the bulls i like the bulls man I, i'm glad people i'm glad that they're playing well and uh, DeRozan's getting some love too. All right, yeah. last one. Let's go to uh, your second team. We both have like five teams that we play. Uh, <laughs> but your second team, which is the Warriors, you did not pick Steph Curry for MVP this season. Do you regret it? I'm sorry, Steph. <laughs> I'll never disrespect you on this podcast again, King. I apologize. Why wouldn't I pick you for MVP? You're the best player on the planet. Best player ever. Best player of all time. <laughs> I can't believe Michael Jordan said you weren't a Hall of Famer. It's totally out of context, but you know, know, in all seriousness, uh, Steph has had another MVP start, uh, which he actually didn't have last year. He came out pretty slow last year, and so did the Warriors for that reason. Um, It's almost been a complete 180 for um, this Warriors team based on how they started last year. They had a hot finish last year, and I was very bullish on them coming into the season. Uh-huh. Um, because of how they finished last year, they still do not have Eric Pascal, James Wiseman, and Clay Thompson. And they're sitting here at 3-0. and Jordan Poole, as great as Steph Curry's been, Jordan Poole's been incredible. Yeah, like he was really he was another one. He was building up steam last year towards the end of the season. He had a great preseason this year, and it has carried over. Uh he's become like an the secondary scorer for this Warriors team. And that's kind of what they drafted him for late in the first round a few years back. And he's finally kind of blossoming into that role after some G League time, um, you know, over the last, his, over his first two years. And now he's making this big leap in his third year. 
to the point where you might have to consider keeping him in the lineup when Clay Thompson gets back and maybe Wiggins gets the bump out of the lineup. I don't know. I doubt that that's what happens. But either way, whether he stays in the lineup or drops to that six-man role, um, he's going to be crucial for them in providing additional offense. Then you add Clay Thompson back into this mix eventually. You add James Wiseman into the yeah. mix and and get not only add him into the mix, but get him up to speed with playing Warrior-level basketball. Um, and then you add Pascal, who has always been great for them. I think once they get those guys back, I think we're looking at a, a Warriors team that's going to finish top four in the West. Well, okay, so I, I wanted to kind of make a point about this like i think that we should have expected this a little bit more and i think we did because we both went over on these guys um but you know when we think about this this franchise for the past six years now like what happened like in in 2015 2016 they were obviously awesome right they get kd in 2017 and they're like ridiculously awesome and then in 2018, we start to see, or start to see, and then 2019, we really see what signing KD uh, did to that team, which is it depleted the bench. It depleted yes. the bench it, it incredibly, incredibly so. And then it took some years to recover that, right? Last year, obviously, and then, and then even the following, the year before that. Like it took some time to rebuild that bench. Now the bench is back, right? Yeah. And you talk about Jordan Poole, who probably gets kicked to the bench whenever Clay comes back. Maybe it's Wiggins, but although Wiggins is playing well too. Yeah, uh, but then you bring in a guy like Andre Iguodala, who we kind of considered done right last year in Miami. Like he looked cooked. He did. There's something about his presence that just feels right with this team. When you yeah. see him out there, it just feels right. And he's not, you know, he's not going to go out there and score 20 for them. He's not even the defender he used to be. But he adds some effect to being in the Bay Area. Like there's something about it that he's back with this team. And then I just like the depth they have, Bielitsa. Like. I like this team a lot. I like this. I really like this team. Another name I forgot to mention was their high first round pick this year, Jonathan Kaminga, still mm. not in the mix. Um, and with the way the bench is playing, and with Iguodala, with how Iguodala is playing, I don't know that he'll end up getting a ton of minutes. But yeah. again, that's another young, athletic body. I actually think Iguodala is going to be great for him if there was a veteran to soak up like how to be a professional in this league on both ends of the floor. Uh, for someone who like Kaminga, who has a similar build, like he's a big, strong, physical, small forward, uh, much more, uh, you know, freak athlete like Andre Iguodala once was. Like I think that's a great guy for him to learn from on how to carve out not only a role but a really long career in the NBA. Um, and I think that could benefit the Warriors late in the season once they get him up to speed. They've got they're playing this well, and the bench is playing this well with missing key guys. I, I I can only see it getting better once they add some of these guys back in the mix. I think they're going to win the West. Like the one seed or just like fine, you got them in the NBA Finals? I think they can win the West. I do they too. Win the I, West. I do too. I think it depends on what Clay Thompson we get back because it's yeah. been two years. Um, you know, I, I can Clay Thompson still guard everybody's best guard? That's a tough ask off of a Achilles and an ACL injury. So we'll see what kind of Clay Thompson we get back. I think that determines whether their final's good. Yeah. I think top four, I think top four is, is a shoe in for them. If you ask me, if Steph Curry is playing this well, um, playoff success, I think will be determined by Clay's, uh, you know, Clay's. Yeah. Self. I love this team. Uh, I, 
I'm I'm jumping on this Warriors thing, man. I love these. I love this team. I love Steve Kerr. All right, that's all the topics we had for our Potapalooza, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so we touched everything: baseball, football, basketball. Um, Coop, you want to take us home with what's going on at the, at the network? Yeah, man. We talked briefly about some of this stuff earlier, but uh, make sure you head over to podpage.com/slash/allinpodcast. You can check out my recent Sixers article and uh, future articles coming up. I have the NFL power rankings after week seven uh, coming out tomorrow. Uh, You can also uh, find our um, all in politics uh, page there. It's actually a podpage.com slash all dash in dash politics for their content. Um, Highly recommend their last episode. It was excellent. Excellent. Listen. Um, And then make sure you guys um, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you're following us on social media. You can see on the bottom of your screen if you're watching on any of our streaming platforms. You can also uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitch now. We now stream our podcasts on Twitch. So at all underscore in underscore pod now. Um, you know one of the features people have been telling me they love is like Twitch. If you have if you're like iOS, I don't know about Android, but if you have Twitch. You can uh, do the picture in picture so you can be streaming our podcast or watching our podcast while doing other things on your phone. Um, So follow us on Twitch at all underscore in underscore pod uh, to catch all in podcast content. I'm going to start streaming on there. I'm nice. I'm nice at the games, bro. I'm tough. (laughs) I've been working on Call of Duty, man. I'm telling you, my KD is up to like a 0.5. Have you gotten FIFA 22 yet? No, I didn't because, um, you know, us uh, us broke boys in the hood couldn't get the PS5. So I got kicked out gotcha. of the Pokemon team because I don't got uh, the PS5. Come on, we just so, we just are, we just opened the club back up, man. Pro Clubs uh, After Dark returning. It's been a cold winter. You got to bring it back. It's been a cold winter, bro. It's been a cold <laughs> winter for, for me out here in the gully. So, all right. That's all we got, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week. Please subscribe to that channel, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you guys next week.